0: Tonight, we will press further in the series titled, Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts. Now Concerning Spiritual Gifts. Those of you at the back, please move here and fill up these spaces. Don't make me announce this again and again. Here, right here, right here. Our main text is found in 1 Corinthians and chapter 12, from verse 1 through 11. Paul the Apostle, by the help of the Holy Spirit, put these words together. He said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. If you would not have the church at Corinth ignorant... Do you think it would want to have the church in Nigeria ignorant? Yes or no? No. So it is important that we are not ignorant of these biblical and scriptural truths as they affect our lives. If you don't know these things, you will not be able to maximize the calling of God over your life. The destiny that God has for you. These are things in our spiritual arsenal that God has blessed the New Covenant Church. When I mean New Covenant, I don't mean a denomination. The New Testament Church with. And so if we don't know them, if we don't know what we have, then how do we deploy what we don't even know that we have? And there is a lot of ignorance in the body today. In fact... Paul had to write this to the Corinthian church because there was ignorance there. And he said, look, I would not have you ignorant. I don't want you to stay that way. I want you to know that there are gifts that are imparted to you by the Holy Spirit. This is not talking about talents. This is talking about supernatural gifts. Not natural, supernatural. And so they come only by the Spirit. So first of all, I want you to know that these gifts are distributed by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. In fact, we have that in verse 12 or verse 11. But all these, First Corinthians 12 verse 11. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Give me that in a newer translation so you get it. It is the Holy Spirit that gives this gift to every man severally as he will. It is according to his will. He is the one that gives them. So what is given is not natural. What is given is supernatural. New Living Translation says, It is the one and only Spirit, there is only one Holy Spirit, who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gifts each person should have. He is the one that decides it. You don't make him, you may desire it but you don't make him do it. He is the one who decides the gift that each person should have. Why? Because he wants to give you the gift according to your calling, according to the purpose of God on your life. So last week I said we must desire to have it. We must desire. The Bible tells us to covet earnestly the best gift. The same chapter, and if you look at verse 31, it says, but covet earnestly the best gift. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Can we look at that in New Living Translation? Yeah. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. I love that. He called it the most helpful. So that makes you understand it better. Because now you are faced with the situation. When you say which one is the best gift, the best gift is the one you need right now the one that is most helpful in this situation. But now, let me show you a way of life that is best of all, right? So, when you want to minister healing to someone that, that needs healing, now, you probably at that time don't need the, the gift of diversities of tongues. Because diversities of tongues won't help someone that is breathing with the aid of oxygen. Or maybe someone that is um, about to go, all right? You need whether, you need the gift of power, which could be the gift of faith, which could be the gift of the working of miracles, or the gifts, plural, of healings, plural. Right now, right now, that's what you need right now. Now, someone is confused, they need some help, they don't know what direction to take, they come to you for advice, and you don't want to confuse them further. then you probably need the gift that reveals something. They want to have an idea, at the plan of God for their lives. People ask me that question a lot. Pastor, I don't even know my purpose. I don't know your purpose either. I'm not God. But I'll I, I pray in the Spirit. You pray in the Spirit. We can both wait on God and then we can begin to get some clarity. And peradventure, a word of knowledge might just come, which is what I'm going to start with tonight. A word of knowledge might just come or a word of wisdom. Amen. So what you need to tackle tackle the the current situation at hand is called the best gift. Can I have an amen? And so, you know, the best gift for today might not be the best gift for tomorrow. So, it will depend on what situation you are faced with. Are we together tonight? So, then you look at it and say, there must be something that God must be looking for in our hearts before he imparts this gift. If you're thinking like that, then you're right. And what is it that God is looking for? Your motivation. What is your motive for coveting this gift? Are you coveting it so that you can become the most spiritual person in the church? So that people can tag you as assistant Holy Spirit. You are next. After the Holy Spirit, you are the next. You are the most spiritual person in the church. It will amaze you to shock you how people try to arrogate to themselves these kind of titles. I'd, I'd, I'd heard of a woman. I actually knew her. Who said before she was in a church, and she said, when the Spirit is moving in the church, now you tell me, who does the Spirit move first? You know why? Because whenever the church was worshiping and the choir was singing, you know she would go, oh. so, so automatically she became the most spiritual person in the church. Now may I ask you, all of the, how many people did she help with that? What is all the drama? And some people like to just, you know, appear and look very spiritual. We are the ones running things in this church, if not for us. Praying for pastor and praying for some of you guys, you know, things that have gone a We don't shout it. We don't talk about it. We pray in the secret. We know how many hours we put in prayer. Thank you very much for your hours of prayer. But can I ask you that you also put those hours of prayer into your own life. So God can help you reveal the pride in your heart. So you can repent and let your head be correct. When you're not a herbalist, how can you be doing things to help someone? And what you're doing to help them is really working for them. And your own life is not moving forward. It's herbalists that do that. They don't have money, but they make money rituals for people. Real herbalists are really poor. If you see all these herbalists driving Lexus, they're fake. The real ones, they're poor. The shrine where they work is dirty and stinking and smelly. It has to smell because of all the demons they're dealing with. Those are the real obongue ones. See all these small, small boys calling themselves herbalists? They only have one or two charms. The real ones... But they make people rich. But they themselves remain poor. So, look, may God help us to deal with pride in our hearts. Pride is a subtle thing you never know many times. You are the last to know. It comes like a thought. It was the prayer you prayed last night that made that worship flow this morning. If not for you. Can you imagine that sister? should have? She, do you know that when she was going to transition from the first song to the second, she paused a little bit. Do you know what happened there? She had forgotten a line. And all of that is going on in your heart, seated on your seat, and nobody knows. But can I tell you something? I want to show you a scripture tonight. God searches the heart. God searches the heart. So if He's looking at you and all He can see in your heart is pride, so this one needs to remain in hundred level for as long as he needs to be there until His head is correct, so that we can at least gift Him with the. The gifts he needs to fulfill his calling. So we need to work on ourselves. Sometimes I ask God, Lord, why are these gifts not flowing in the church? Not God. God is more eager to allow these gifts to flow in the church than we are even eager to have them flow in our midst. But where are the willing vessels? Where? God searches the heart. God of First Chronicles... 28. I'm going to go from the old covenant to the new, so you see. Of, uh, King David, these, are the, these were the words of a dying man and, and someone you call a sage, full of wisdom. And he, he was handing over to his son, and he was talking to him, precious Gems of wisdom. These are eternal words that you need to hold on to, my son. Don't trifle with them. Verse 9 David said to his son Solomon, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father. Now, he didn't say know about, he said know him. The bane of the Christianity in Nigeria is that many, many people today know about God, but they don't know God. You know, they think they know God because they've seen one or two miracles. One or two financial breakthroughs. And that's all they know. So they don't press further to know the giver of the gifts. So they know the gifts, but they don't know the giver. It's a major issue. Why is it that people don't desire to be in Bible study? Midweek service. It should be flooded. If people are really hungry to know God. We'll call it a miracle service. doesn't matter any day of the week. It will be jam-packed. People travel several miles to go to different churches. You know, there are churches that organize breakthrough prayer meetings. Breakthrough, next level, next life, next miracle. Oh, my God. Oh, people are so passionate. They post these things online. It's your time for your miracle. People want the miracles of God. But how many people really want that God, the God of the miracles? The Lord, miracle or not, I want you. What is wrong with us in Nigeria? That's why some of our pastors are incapacitated when they go abroad. Because all their messages are centered around miracles, breakthroughs, breakouts, break shifts, next shift, paradigm shift. That's all they know. Now when you go abroad... All of the things that you are advertising with which for which people are coming to church, you don't you can't advertise them abroad, and people will come to say, Are you crazy? You're asking me for what promotion. I, if I work well, I put in a clock in my number of hours, I will be promoted. They don't need to pray for a car. Oh no, Pastor, everybody has to pray for a car. No, if you got a job, you get a car. <laughs> if you get a job, you can get a house. There's something called mortgage. You can pay little by little for 25 years. And they don't ask God for visas. They already live in the country where you have to get visas to go. Some of them have permanent residence. Some of them are citizens. So what are you going to say, pastor? God will give you a job. Excuse me. God will give you a house. I have one already. And if I want another one, I can still have it. That's why some of them, you know, would say, "Look, what do I need God for?" But there is a void in every man's heart that money cannot fill, that drugs cannot fill, that sex cannot fill, that position in the situation, in the sorry, in the society cannot fill. Only God can fill it. David said to Solomon, "Solomon, know thou." God. Know him. The God of your father. (laughs) There is a God in heaven and you need to know him, son. Don't just know chemistry. No God. Don't just know law. No God. Don't just know medicine and surgery. No God. Because all of those will perish someday. But do you know God? It is only the people that do know their God that shall be strong and do excellent. So Solomon, my son, know thou the God of your father and serve him. Don't just know him. Take it to the next level. Serve him with a perfect heart. Don't serve him because of what you want to get from him. Serve him with a perfect heart. A pure heart. A clean heart. Not a heart that murders people. Not a heart of hate. Serve him. Let him know, God, you are all of God. I have nothing else. I have no one else anywhere besides you. You are my father and my God. You are the most high God. What a privilege for me, a mortal man, to serve an immortal God. A man that will expire and die after 120 years. To serve a God that had neither beginning of days nor end of reign. What a privilege for a physical mortal man like me to lock hands with an invisible, immortal, invincible he is both invisible and invincible. Invisible means he can't be seen. Invincible means he can't be conquered. What a privilege. Solomon. David said to Solomon, know that God. Know him. Serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. Serve him with a willing mind. Now, this is where I'm going. For yod Hey vav Hey, Capital L, little capital O-R-D. That's the word translated... Jehovah. It is the word Jodhe Vav for Jodhe Vav all hearts. How many hearts? When I'm searching for something in the book, look at the way I search. When you really want to search. Next page. Next page. I'm searching for something. See, this is how God is searching your heart. Now, he doesn't have to do this. (laughs) But I'm limited, so I do it. I'm a man. He's God. Everything can just go... In microsecond. He's searching your heart. Your heart. He's searching to the very intent of your heart. He's searching to the innermost sanctum of your heart. He's searching to the point where you kept a particular thought of something you're going to do two years' time. And God can see it. This is a God to reverence. David said to Solomon, David was an old man here. He had worked with God for some time. So he, he had come to the conclusion that this God searches all hearts. Before you say a word, David said, Before a word is in my tongue, you already know it. <laughs> Where will I run to from this God? If I go to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. He said, when I appear from afar off, you already know the thoughts of my heart. Before I speak, God is all-knowing. That's what I want to teach on the word of knowledge tonight. God is all-knowing. He knows everything about your life, every little detail. He knows the number of hair on your head. My God. You are never lost to God. People want to commit fornication. They turn off the lights. Like God can't see them. The Bible says light and darkness. David said it. He had that revelation. He said they are the same before you. All things are naked before him with whom we have to do. They may not be naked before men, but they are naked before God. I was talking to a dear woman of God in Sheraton. She shared with me and some other ministers, she said one day the Holy Spirit said, I want to talk to you. She was in a hotel room in America. And she quickly got up from the bed to dress up. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? said, at least let me, let me be decent. said, before you were put together in your mother's womb, I was there. What are you trying to hide? That's how real God can be to you if you know him. And knowing God will make you strong in life. No matter what comes against you, no matter the challenges that come against you, your knowledge of God, Daniel eleven thirty two. but the people that do know their God shall be strong. You know why? Because they know their God. Do you know when you know your dad? And you know, if your dad is a man of substance, a man of means, or a well-placed person in the society, for example, your dad is the governor of the state. You know your dad. Tell me the policeman that will slap you. That's the last day he will work. That's the last day he will be able to feed his family. How much more? we are the children of the most high God. And we're running from devils, running from witches and wizards. You can't go to your village because there are wizards there. Solomon, know thou the God of your father? Serve him with a perfect heart and a willing mind. For yad he vav such at all heart. And understand all, the imaginations of the thoughts. When you imagine something, God knows. If you seek him, look at what David said. If you seek him, he put a clause, a conditional clause. If you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you think you are smart and you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. (laughs) Solomon, if you seek him, you'll find him. But if you forsake him, thinking you got to this throne by your power, by your might, he will cast you off forever. He will look at you from afar. Sometimes God can be in the church and he'll be looking at us. What are you doing? Did I send you to say what you said? Did I send you? The senior pastor said he was in a meeting sometime when he was afraid of God. He said he had the privilege of seeing the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was in the service and he did like this. He put his hand under his, what do you call this place? Chin. He said, Lord, why why are you doing that? Why are you looking at me? He said, I'm looking at you. "Ah, Please don't do that. I need you in the service. When you come, Holy Spirit, we don't need you as a spectator. We need to move. We need you to move. We need you to heal. It is not always spectacular. People will always follow from the church to know the Spirit is there. He can be there working, doing his work silently, but he's doing a perfect job. Can I have an amen? God searches the heart. What is your motive for desiring spiritual gifts? This is one scripture from the Old Testament. Let's go to the New. That's 1 Chronicles 28 and verse 9. Go to Act of the, go to uh, 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 Romans chapter 8. And then we'll go to Acts 15. Romans chapter 8. This scripture stood out in my spirit for a long time before I understood what it meant. But I didn't let it go. Romans chapter, Romans, Romans chapter 8 and verse 27. And he that searcheth the hearts. Who is that he that searcheth the heart? Come on now, talk to me. God. And if it's the Holy Spirit, you're right. And he that searcheth, if it's a God, you're right. If it's a Jesus, you're right. And he that searcheth the heart, know what, what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He that searcheth the heart, God. David said that to Solomon, right? Know thou the God of your fathers, the God of your father, rather. He said he's searcheth. All heart, And in the New Testament, it said he that searcheth the heart. So go to Acts 15 and verse 8. Who is he that searcheth the heart? Acts chapter 15 and verse 8. Let's read that. One, two, go. Acts 15. Acts of the Apostles 15 and verse 8. On the screen, please. Right, let's go. One, two, go. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness. Giving them the Holy Ghost even as a deed unto us. Can I have an amen to that? He searcheth the heart, he knoweth the heart. God knows your heart. Let me tell your neighbor tonight, say God knows your heart. Tell them God knows everything in your heart. You can't hide anything from him. So, we stopped last week at the categorization of the gifts. Now, so let me me help you a little bit there. What is God looking for? God is looking for your motive. What is supposed to be the right motive? Love love write it down if you're writing love love should be the motive should be the motivation why you are converting spiritual gifts love love the lord and love people love god so much that you ask him lord how do you want me to be useful in your kingdom then love the people so much that you ask god to give you his gift to be a blessing to the people it is love that motivates us to preach the gospel to other people who don't know god love should so motivate you to talk to, to talk to your friends about Jesus. You don't want them to go to hell. You don't want to make heaven alone. So you also talk to your family members. You have been motivated by love. Look, I love you, Daniel. I want you to be born again. That's why I'm preaching to you. I love you. We should also love people that much that we covet the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Lord, this person is on the sick bed. Maybe the doctors have given up on them. Lord, I covet the gift of the working of miracles right now. Mir- working of miracles. Oh, God. Can you love people so much that you go on a three-day fast because of one person? They're not going to pay you for fasting. Oh, Lord, have mercy. What has happened to us in Christianity? What has happened to us? We can't fast for one person. A sister is sick in the church. Can we declare fast and seek the face of God and weep before the altar and say, Lord, help her. For where? Everybody is busy. Look, everybody get their problem. Everybody has their own issue. As I am now. What has happened to us? But if they say come, they will give you 10,000 if you come. You will not only come, you will bring your family members. You will bring your friends. Each per head, 10K, ah. And we are five in our family. 50K. No work. Just come. Oh. No work. Or oh, come and pray one hour. And then as you are going, take your envelope. Like they do for politicians. And politicians do. They gather prayers. They gather hungry pastors. They gather them and they begin to prophesy. They are already prophesying that somebody will become Nigeria president. That was how somebody prophesied that somebody would be governor of this state. He said, I, ah, in front of so, so, and so, I see number one. And the people shouted, whoa! In the church. A large crowd. The man that he said would be number one was defeated. It, 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 was, it was a colossal defeat. It was titanic and gigantic in nature. No, it was gargantuan. That's a prophet. Hungry people, hungry, singing things that God did not tell them. Saying things that they did not see. No spiritual gift in operation. You know their motivation? Their stomach is not love. It's their stomach. Many are in the ministry today for the income. For the income. Not for the outcome. Not for what happens in the the lives of the people. They don't love people. And let me tell you, if you don't love people, you can't pastor. Because the same people will hurt you. They will hurt you so bad, sometimes you want to curse them. You don't know what I'm saying until you become one when you get when you become a pastor you will understand what i said tonight but love the love of god constrains you see the same person i pray for can i curse them you'll be the one even begging for mercy lord please just have mercy just have mercy on him just have mercy on him the love of god it will constrain you but many many people the motive is wrong why are you in ministry you graduated five years ago, no job. Oh, yeah, Jesus has called me ministry. Oh, I called Jesus. Either you call me or I call you. Call someone, so a call, so there's a call. That's why people are drug dealers and they are pastors. Drug dealers and they are pastors. People are pimps. They are, they are gigolos. They are pastors. What sort is happening in Nigeria? Pastors raping church members. You are mad. They should put you in the jail. Something is wrong upstairs. Ripped church members? That's not a pastor. That's a hireling. Is that the gift of the Holy Ghost? To be sleeping with member? The gift of the Holy Ghost. That's just my own gift. When, when a fine girl comes for help, I, I help her. I once had two pastors having a conversation and I shook my head. Pastors that I know. Say, those older singles in church, how do you help them? Because there will be times that they will be feeling, they will be feeling, I don't want to use the word they use on the altar. They will be feeling, you know what I mean? They will be feeling like having sex. But somebody has to help them. I looked at them and said, eh? you are the ones to help them. I didn't talk her because they are older than me. And how do you help them? By having sex with them? I will be taking care of you till somebody shows up as a husband. Then how are we different from the world? You see the level of carnality to which we have descended. No wonder they don't know these things. There's no room for the Holy Spirit in their lives. God searches the heart. You that you want the gift of prophecy, why? You want the church to be calling you the prophet. The prophet. Very soon they will carve an office for you and say, Pastor can preach, but if you are looking for the prophet of the church, that's the prophet. I said it at the beginning two weeks ago. I'll say it again. Even if God has used you in a particular capacity before, don't build the tabernacle there to the extent that you are now using that gift without the spirit. So, for example, God can use to give a word of prophecy now. For example, you give a prophecy and boom, three days time, it happens. What? Sister Tusi said it in service. Yee, yeah, that's Sister the Tusi. Then one day, service is going on, going on. Say, Pastor has not called me now. He has not called me. I will call myself. You just woke up and you grab the mic. Praise the Lord. Don't see the street of the Lord. People will open their ears. <laughs> because that was how she said it the other time and it came to pass. And the Spirit has not given you a word. But you are coming up with the word. Um, in three days' time, the Lord said that he's going to do something again like he did the other time. You know, that he used me. So now, I, I want you to know that, you know, I don't just come out. I, I'm a very humble person. Everybody knows that in this church. I don't, I don't talk to anybody. I mind my business. If the Holy Spirit did not tell me, I would not come out. But now, he told me something. So I want to tell you now. Please listen attentively. That is using the gifts without the spirit. Do you know what it will produce? It will produce calamity. It will produce chaos. It will produce confusion. Because you will be prophesying from the flesh. And you are deviating from the word of God. And listen again. Every time we deviate from the word of God, Satan will accommodate us. He will say, come, come. I have your room for you. Stay with me overnight. Praise God. So our motivation must be what? Love. First John 4 8, God is love. First John 4 16, God is love. Whatever we're trying to do, in whatever capacity we are asking God to use us, it must be, it must be born out of love out of love. Lord, we want you to move in our worship today as a choir. While we pray one hour before the service, we're saying Lord, we want you to move, not so that people can see us as the most spiritual choir, but know that you may meet the needs of the people. Because the essence of the manifestation of this gift, or the manifestation of the spirit, because this gift are also called manifestation of the spirit, is so that we can bring profit to the kingdom of God. So let me start. I haven't done that very long introduction. Do you want to be a blessing or you want to be a lesson? Which one? A blessing or a lesson? I'll show you one more scripture. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. Quickly, on the screen. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. Paul prayed this prayer earnestly for the church. Those of you leading worship, those of you doing drama, doing anything, do you know you can, you can so desire that God will bless the people that you go on a fast? Because you want to lead a 15-minute prayer. And you go on a fast. Lord, use me. I don't want to get there and be talking nonsense from my head. I don't want to, don't want to do copy and paste from the internet. Lord, use me. That's why I'm fasting. Use me. Please, bless the people. I don't want our church to remain the same again. I don't want the church to be cold. I want you to ignite and set us ablaze. And you go on a fast. And when God sees the motive in your heart that this is love, God cannot say no to love. You know why? Because it is his nature. It is the nature of God. Just like when somebody is a gossip, it is their nature. They will soon find another friend because that's also their nature. Nature attracts nature. That's not the nature of a child of God. The nature of a child of God is love. If you, if you hurt me, I won't gossip about you. I will call you and Talk to you, and we resolve it and we move on in the spirit of love. When God sees love, He will respond. Paul the apostle prayed for the church. Verse 17: that Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, may dwell in your heart by faith that you've been rooted and grounded in L-O-V-E, in love. When you are rooted and grounded in love, you are rooted and grounded in God. Verse 18 may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ. To genasco. The word to know there is the Greek word genasco, which means the highest level of knowing. It's a sexual word. Nobody should know you more than the one you enjoy sexual relations with. A man and a woman. No, no. A husband and wife. Under normal circumstances. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. How can you know something that is beyond knowledge? That's revelation knowledge. Why? So that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. When you come to the point where you have... When you know the love of Christ, you are rooted and grounded. You are not moved by every wind of doctrine. You are not moved by every word of insult. That's an insult. That's nonsense. You're not carried away by all sorts of distractions. You are too rooted to be insulted. You are too grounded to be carried away. In love. Come rain, come shine. You abused me, I forgive you. In fact, I had forgiven you before you abused me. He said you will be filled with all the fullness of God. God will literally be flowing through you. you will, that's when you lay your hands on the sick and they recover. Because your hand becomes the hand of God. I did not greet me three days ago. Two weeks ago she didn't greet me. I will not greet her again. You are not going anywhere. You are still baby You are still in baby class. I was here before the foundation of this church was laid. It doesn't matter. We're talking spiritual growth there. Many are coming to church. They're not growing spiritually. Why are they not hungry for God? Because you are not growing. Some people are busy now looking for money all over the place. Looking for money. They could have been here, but they're looking for money. They're not growing. They're not growing. As we grow, the more you know him, the more you want to know. In fact, the more you know, the less you think you know. Is like, God, I don't know anything. I, still, I want to know you. Paul, with all the epistles he wrote, he still wrote that I may know him. And I said, what, what else do you want to know, sir? We are dealing with one verse of Paul, Paul's writing. We can deal with it for one year. One verse for one year. And Paul still said that I may know him. Praise God, amen. Now we're starting tonight with the word of knowledge. So, what is the word of knowledge? I'll give you two, two key scriptures we'll look at. Hopefully, if time permits us, Acts 9, 10 to 12, then Acts 10, 9 to 20. Acts chapter 9, verses 10 to 12, only three verses. And then Acts chapter chapter 10, verses 9 to 20. Now, what is the word of knowledge? For those who are writing, the word of knowledge is the supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. Did you get that? Let me say it again. I knew you wouldn't get it. The word of knowledge is the supernatural revelation... By the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. The word of knowledge is the supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. So there are certain facts in the mind of God and the Holy Spirit brings them to you. That's called the word of knowledge. And it is supernatural. What do I want you to know about the word of knowledge? First, I want you to note that this gift is called the word of knowledge, not the gift of knowledge. First Corinthians 12 8. The word of knowledge, not the gift of knowledge. First Corinthians 12 8. First Corinthians 12 8. First Corinthians 12 8. First Corinthians 12 8. Now For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge. By the same Spirit. He didn't call it the gift of knowledge. It's the word of knowledge. Amen? Amen? There is no such thing as the supernatural gift of knowledge. The Lord just gifted me supernaturally with knowledge. Hey, there is the spirit of knowledge. There is the word of knowledge. Not the gift of knowledge. The word of knowledge is a gift, it's a spiritual gift, but it's not the gift of knowledge. I'll tell you what the difference is. God is all knowing, God knows everything. Do you agree with me? Does God know your birthday? Does he know your shoe size? Does he know your waist size? Does he know your address? Does he know where you will live two years from now? Those who are relocating, you probably don't even know your address yet. But does God know where you're going to live 10 years from now? Does he know the spouse you're going to marry? Does he know the color of the skin of your children? You might think you're marrying a black woman, but it's going to be a white woman. Praise God. (laughs) There are many things about you that you don't know. We are surprised sometimes. We are surprised. Things happen. We're like, this is beyond my dream. I didn't even even think, you of all people, I married you. Ah, Now, wow. That's why some of you that you fight in judge, I just look at you and shake my head. Some of you don't know that you still marry each other. (laughs) The people that fight the, the worst... Sometimes my end up in marriage, I tell you. And, and you'll be telling each other in marriage, that you, you over you, you. That back then, inquiry, you be you'll be you be you just be insulting me anyhow. Yeah. But at some point, they fight, fight, fight. You just somebody just fell in love. <laughs> but can I tell you what? Is God surprised? There's no such thing as spiritual gifts of knowledge. God is all knowledge, all knowing. He knows everything. But God does not reveal everything that he knows to man. Where are you going to store it? Everything that God knows. If he reveals everything to you, is it this small head? Or even in your spirit. Your spirit has the capacity to receive from God. But you know that the secret things belong to God. But the things which are revealed belong to us and to our children. That we may do according to all that are written in this word of the Lord. Deuteronomy 29, 29. And I've always told you in this church that God has secrets. Psalm 25, verse 14. The secrets of the Lord are with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. But even in showing, he doesn't show everything. Otherwise, you become God and you become proud. And you can tell us our future. Won't Wambi! they walking up and down like tolo, tolo? Whoa! On the 25th of January, 2023, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. A chariot is coming from heaven. Better pray that the chariot should go back. It's not time to go. You know, some people try to be like God, they try to play God in our lives. That's what these fake prophets do. They peddle the spirit of fear. They give you a prophecy. You're going to Lagos. Mm, 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 mm. Maori, Maori, sky higher. Maori, ma... Mm, mm. Beauty star. How many how many how many how many And, and I, I, I wonder why they keep echoing. Whoa, 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 whoa. they should just put a bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Woos, woos, woos. Malo, 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 malo. Somebody tries that with me now. How is it? Ewure, Aguto, 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 bolojo, bolojo. That prophecy will stop immediately. But the moment they tell you no. You want to do drama? Me too, I'm a dramatist. You immediately you will see that that person will come from the spirit to the natural. But Benazo, i so serious. Daddy, but you were supposed to be in the realm of the spirit. God doesn't reveal everything that he knows to man. He gives him just a word or a part of what he knows. A word is a fragment of a sentence, you know. When you have a sentence, just a fragment of it is a word. So when we talk about word of knowledge, it's simply a part of knowledge. God is all-knowing. God is all-knowing and he gives you a part of what he knows. That's what we call the gift of word of knowledge. Word, like a sentence. Knowledge is like a whole sentence. A word is a fragment of a sentence. So when we say word of knowledge, that is God giving you a little bit. Of what he knows. A little bit. A little bit. And that little bit can save your life. That little bit can make you change your friendship or change your association. That little bit can take you to the next level. Amen. I personally honor God for this. He imparts to us just part of just that part which he wants us to know. When I think about the fact that God knows everything and God is all-knowing, it brings joy to my heart. So when I'm going through a situation, I say, Lord, you know. When they are persecuting me, they don't want to see my face. They don't want to see my children. They don't want to see my family. They they don't want to see the ministry. They don't want to see us flourish. I laugh. I say, God, you know. You know it. Some people don't know when they are talking about you that God is there and he knows. So relax. Relax. Don't give yourself unnecessary headache. Pastor, they are gathering. They are gathering again. They are talking behind me. God knows. When Miriam and 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 the brother Aaron were talking about Moses, Moses wasn't there, but God was there. God knew. Don't make jest of people behind them because the God who created them knows. He knows. He's all knowing. Many times people are hypocritical. They will be the one to kill you behind you, but when they come to you, they hug you. Oh, and your angels are telling you, I wish you knew. God is saying, oh, I wish you knew. Judas got credit alert from the, the religious leaders of the day, but he came to kiss Jesus. I love you, Master. But Jesus was and is all knowing. eh? Jesus called him friend. He said, friend, where are you coming from? So don't hate. Be like Jesus. Love your enemies. There is a God who fights for you. There is a God who takes care of you. Whether he gives you a word of knowledge concerning them or not, just love people and let him take care of them. Let him minister to them. Number two, the gift... Oh, my time is almost up. The gift is supernatural. All the gifts of the Spirit are supernatural. So is the word of knowledge. None of them is a natural gift. Let's talk about manifestations of the gift. I'll give you just one. Number one, the word of knowledge sometimes, sometimes... Manifests through visions Somebody say visions You remember John the Beloved on the Isle of Patmos John wrote that he was in the Spirit on the lost day Revelation, let's go to Revelation 1 and verse 10 Revelation, and please this book is not called Revelations It is only one revelation, Revelation In fact it's called the Revelation of St. John the Divine So it's revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Now go to verse 10. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. What did he hear? A great voice. The Lord Jesus appeared to him in a vision and revealed to him the condition of the seven churches in Asia Minor. At that time. You see, even though John wasn't physically present in all of these cities, these cities existed, the churches existed at the time. And yet, Jesus revealed their spiritual condition. If you read the church at Pagamos, the church at Thyatira, the church at uh, Philadelphia, all of these seven churches in Asia Minor John was not there physically. John was on the Isle of Patmos. He was exiled. They tried to kill him. He wouldn't die. They put him in a, hot, in a pot of boiling oil. Boiling oil. They roasted him. He would not be roasted. So they thought, what do we do to this guy? It was the apostle of love. Love is stronger than death. It was the apostle that used to sleep on Jesus' Jesus's bosom. You remember we read that? A couple of Sundays ago, the apostle that that outran Peter as they were going to check the tomb on resurrection morning. That was was John. They said, look, the best way to kill him is to put him on an island alone by himself. Can you imagine putting you in a country and you are the only one in that country? Country is too wide. You might not understand it. They put you in Akwete and in the whole of Akwete you are the only one. The fear alone, okay, no, Akwete is too wide. Mokola, the bridge in Mokola, and you're the only one there. The only one. Badebo Street, empty. Alafia Street, empty. Darlington Street, empty. Obembe Street, empty. Okumade Street, empty. Agobura, empty. You are the only one in the whole of Mokola. You see, hey, and now, you are not the only one. You are there with wild animals. A tiger could show up and say, hello. Your neighbors are the tigers, the lions, the crocodiles, the hippopotamus, the, the, all of those guys. They are just truly on the island. Anyhow, that island, that was the worst kind of death that anybody could die. The way to kill someone, just drop them, they were just, maybe by helicopter. If they didn't have that technology that time, maybe they took them there by ship or by boat and dropped them there and then they, they took off no water, no food, nothing, just die. He was alone. Some Bible scholars even said that they're taking off his eyes at that time. The man still didn't die. Love is stronger than death. Somebody said deny Christ, I'm going to kill you or you deny Christ. You tell them I died before I got here. I've been crucified with Christ, nonetheless, nevertheless I live Him before No. And guess what happened? Instead for animals to come and consume him, you couldn't even see them, so they could just come and rip him open and eat his liver while he was still alive. And then kill him that way. Rather, he said I was in the spirit. So regardless of your physical condition, you can choose to be attuned to the spirit. And the Lord Jesus appeared to him. We could say he was in trouble. Jesus came to him. If you're in trouble tonight, Jesus will come to you. Jesus will come to your house. Jesus will come to your family. Jesus will come to your hospital bedside. Can I have an amen to that? Jesus came to him and gave him a revelation. Of the condition the spiritual condition of the seven churches in Asia Minor this one seems to be alive they have a facade of being alive but is a dead church this one should go back to his first love this one is neither hot nor cold and I'm gonna spew it out of my mouth this one everybody thinks you are rich but you are wretched. you are blind you are poor this one I know your works and I know your struggle Hold on to that which you have left. Some things have died in you, but certain things are still alive. Hold on to them. Jesus, one after the other. John was not there. He was not in those churches physically. But Jesus came and gave him a word of knowledge about those churches. And he wrote them down. That's why today we have the book of Revelation. Can I have an amen to that? With what I've said tonight, I think you should be interested in going home. To read the entire book of Revelation. Only 22 chapters. Praise God. Just read it. You might not understand some of the symbols. The seven golden stick. Scandal and golden stick. The the beast with (laughs) how many heads and how many eyes. Just read. And the Holy Spirit, I need a revelation of the book of Revelation. You will definitely find something here. This whole book is a word of knowledge. Amen. And guess what? It wasn't just meant for John on the Isle of Patmos. He can give you a word of knowledge about your life, it can give you a word of knowledge about your family. Yeah. This is what is going on. This is why this has been happening. And I want you to get up now and deal with this so it doesn't go on to the next generation. It it, it ought to stop with you. Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you for the few extra minutes. Hallelujah. Let's give him honor. Let's give him honor. Let's give him praise. And say, Lord, we thank you because you haven't left us alone. The word of knowledge, that's giving us a fragment of what you know. Wow. You love us so much. You want us to know what you know. You want us to know what you know. Wow. Bless him tonight. Come on. Bless him tonight. Bless him tonight. If you're excited like I am, bless him tonight. Say, Lord, I bless your name and I give you praise. And I give you glory. Next week, we'll look at Ananias and Brother Saul, who became Paul, and then we we'll look at Peter in the house of Cornelius, and we we'll see the word of knowledge also in action. Praise God. Father, we honor you. Father, we praise you. Father, we celebrate your grace. It is because of your grace that we can even study all these things, that we even know that they exist. We could live life without them, and meaning that we would have lived without fulfilling your purpose for our lives. But you don't want us to be ignorant. You don't want us to live without fulfilling your purpose. That's why you are bringing this topic at such a time as this. And because you want these gifts to be in manifestation in this church and in our lives and across the globe, those who are watching. And so, Lord, we honor you and we thank you. And we thank you because as we go individually tonight and begin to study the word, you will open our eyes of understanding. We will see some more. We will see the light of the scriptures and our lives will never be the same again. And our lives will bring profiting to your kingdom. And you will look at our lives and you'll be pleased at what you see. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Somebody shout amen.